Welcome to the first Daily Roto Golf Podcast of the 2018 season. I'm Mike Leone here with Colin Drew. And Colin, we're really excited for the 2018 season. We have a new partnership with Data Golf, which is driving the Daily Roto projections. And we'll talk about everything that's going into our premium product in a little bit. But uh, you can sign up if you want at dailyroto.com slash premium. Use promo code GOLF18 for 10% off. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. You can also find us at Daily Roto Fantasy Golf available on Podbean. Do want to give a huge thank you to Christian and Lance of DFS Albatross who powered our projections the previous two years. They did a fantastic job and uh, really helped move our golf product forward. But as I said, this year we have Data Golf powering things, Colin, and it's a pretty neat product. We're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what they've got going on. Uh, if you sign up for the Daily Roto Premium Package, and the first thing, of course, is our projections, which if you check out our projections display, you're going to get some pretty basic information. The DraftKings projection, we'll split that out between finish points and scoring points. Uh, and, Drewby, our value column is pretty interesting. I like the way that the Data Golf guys have done it. I to see everything in one place. You know, I know last time or last year when I was trying to use uh, our product, I was having to export a bunch of things into spreadsheets. Now it's kind of a one-stop shop. You can build all your lineups in the same display as the projections. You can see the value column. You can also see the projected ownership alongside it, which is, to me, like, awesome. Because you can look at two guys, uh, and we'll get into the, the players a little bit later, but you could look at, like, a speed and DJ see the projections, see that the values are pretty close, but you can kind of see the ownership right alongside it. So, And then, obviously, the optimization tool, I think, is one of the most unique um, aspects. And I haven't seen an optimization tool with kind of all the different things you can do for golf, um, like the Data Golf product. So really excited about, you know, working with these guys. And over the past month, getting to know them, I can tell they're really passionate about, about projecting golf and uh, building out great tools and delivering a great product to our customers. Yeah. And so much to talk about, uh, I'll try and be concise and go through this in a uh, smart manner, but first the DraftKings projections are custom and FanDuel projections. They have a, they're customizable and you can toggle based on long-term form, recent form and course history like DF as Albatross before then the data golf guys have found long-term form to really matter the most, but it's cool to be able to uh, quickly just switch how much weight those three things have with long-term form as the default, you know, by far carrying the most weight followed by recent form. And then a little bit of course history. There's always, a big course history debate. We do have a free course history trends tool on dailyroto.com, so you can check that out. I know if you want to read more about uh, why that has a little weight and not a big weight, if you go to datagolf.ca, those guys have a really interesting blog post on uh, the predictive power of course history. So that's very neat. You can also toggle the expected scoring environment. Uh, and for this tournament here, which we'll get into, for example, the uh, expected scoring average compiler they have is 
you know, 2.6 strokes under par, which is set to the, de- the default set to be the average score to par since 2010 at this venue. So that's how they come up with that number. But you can see if you make it an easier scoring environment, the guys that are better DraftKings scores, more aggressive golfers are going to uh, rate better in terms of value and vice versa. If you take it down, the steadier golfers are going to rate better. And that value column, as I mentioned, it's based on how likely a player is to be in the top 5,000 lineups. And it's normalized for a mean of zero. So I think that's really interesting. It allows you to compare guys uh, to, allows you to compare players of different salaries to one another pretty, pretty well. Um, and Drew, the, the optimizer, which we've talked about a little bit already, but there's some very cool features that we have for that this year. I know you mentioned the projected ownerships you can see in one place, but you can also cap on projected ownerships when optimizing your lineup. And that's something that's really helpful for GPP making lineups. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge thing. I know um, for full field events, there have been kind of some studies in the past that have shown a lot of the winning lineups have somewhere between 100 and 120% ownership. So if you're trying to avoid playing a team that's full of chalk, then one way to do it is to cap on the project total ownership of your team. Similarly, a, a week like this where there's a 35-person field, it's a no-cut event, there's going to be a ton of overlap, especially in the top-heavy GPPs. And so if you want to avoid dupes, then you can play around with what you think the total ownership of your lineup needs to be in order to uh, avoid dupes. So you can set it at 150% or something like that, and you can make sure that you have a team that's less likely to be duped, uh, which I think is a good thing. I think some of the other really cool things that I need to play around with more and get comfortable with myself is just the ability to optimize your teams based on the floor and ceiling. And so if you toggle up the risk in the optimizer, then you can look at sort of the 80th percentile of a golfer's performance and get a team that might have a little bit more upside, especially from some of those sleeper plays. And then similarly, if you want to toggle it down and build cash game lineups that are a little bit more safe, you can do that as well. And so the risk preference stuff is something that I think is, uh, I haven't seen reflected in any competitors' optimizers, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and, you, and Data Golf, in addition to providing the fantasy projections, also has a set of finish probabilities where you can see the probability of a top 30, 10, 5, or 3 finish, as well as win probability, cut-made percentages. So that's really neat. Also useful that if you're just betting on golf, you can make really good use of that. And they also have a player comparison tool. So any two players in the field for the week, you can compare to one another uh, graphically and numerically. And you can look at different time frames. You can see the strokes gained averages uh, in different areas, you know, off the tee approach around the green, that type of stuff. And, and it'll help you uh, just decide if you're between two guys and you can't decide. Uh, so that's a really neat tool uh, so again, if you go to dailyroto.com slash premium, use promo code GOLF18 for 10% off. You can get access to all of that. And uh, Drew, let's get into talking about this week's tournament, uh, the first one of the 2018 calendar year. It's a 35-man field, no-cut event. That always changes strategy a little bit. But this is the Sony Tournament of Champions at the Plantation Course at Kapalua. It's a 7,400-yard par 73 featuring four par fives and just three par threes. Uh, Drewby, are you seeing, in terms of the course setup, any specific type of golfer that may benefit 
uh, just based on their specific skill set? No, I don't think so. So I, it's actually you got a new sponsor this year. It's kind of been back and forth between the, the Sony, the Hyundai, and this year it's the Century Tournament of Champions. But Oops. it's the same course. <laughs> same course, uh, same you know yardage, same setup that we're used to. It is definitely a long course, but it's, it's kind of deceptive because there are four part fives and just three part threes. And then a lot of the elevation changes, you know, make it so you can see guys who are hitting 400 plus long, you know, yard drives. Uh, fairways are very wide and forgiving, so you're not going to get penalized if you spray it a little bit. Um, and it's definitely been a mixed bag of results. So one of the things about the new course history database that I built, which is free, um, is that you can go in and look at the results for a given year and see not just the finish position for golfers, because I think there's a lot of variance that goes into that, but you can see who played the course well, tee to green, and you can start to get a good idea for the type of profile that a course might fit. And it didn't seem to me that this course like necessarily fit uh, any specific type of golfer. You definitely see the leaderboard littered with you know, guys who obviously in a given week are putting well, uh, and sometimes that's been a strength in the past for, you know, guys like Jordan Spieth or Patrick Reed who have done here well here. But then you also have, like, Dustin Johnson, who has won an event here, has also had some finishes that were mediocre. But when you look at the tee to green play, that he's, you know, in the top five almost every year here, tee to green. And so I don't think that there's a specific profile of player that you're necessarily looking for. You know, I think you can kind of think about, different ways to approach the top guys, whether it's game theory uh, or just the, the raw projections. And then some of the value plays maybe, I guess, is where you would want to maybe get a little more creative because some of the cheaper guys have more upside than others. Yeah, and I mentioned in the open talking about the data golf projections for Daily Road or the customizability, but you can also manually bump individual players. If you want to bump DJ, but you don't want to change the overall course history impact on everybody, you can do that. Or if you just think somebody's specifically a good fit for a course, you can manually bump or downgrade just individual golfers as well as tweaking uh, how it works for everybody in terms of long-term form, recent form, and course history. Uh, But it being a 35-man no-cut event, field strategy is going to be different than it is on most weeks everyone's going to play all four weeks i think that's the biggest thing the combination of everyone playing all four days i should say all four days uh not having to worry about the cut along with the fact that the scoring environment looks like it's going to be somewhat on the easy side guys that are going to make birdies uh these volatile type golfers you don't have to worry about them going home early so it's all about the DraftKings scoring for them so are there any guys that you're particularly focused on that, you know, fit that structure really well where you don't have to worry about the downside and then missing the cut, but you do get the benefit of the volatility in terms of them making a lot of birdies, even if they might make a lot of bogeys along the way. Yeah. And that's something that's nice. It's always been factored into the projections at daily Roto is that it's not just trying to forecast who's going to win an event. You can see the probabilities page for that, but it's really taking into account the different nuance of the fantasy scoring structure. Um, the way I tend to approach it, regardless of the event, is with the high-priced guys, at that at that price tag, they're kind of priced to a point where they need to win the event or they need to come inside the top five of the event or maybe the top ten, depending on you know the event and where they're priced. But for the most part, when you're paying up for these golfers, you're needing a top five like from a speed or a DJ to pay off their price tag, if not a better result than that. And if that's the case, you know, all of these guys can make birdies in a given week. The fantasy scoring aspect of things is not really going to offset the 30-point win bonus that you get from somebody. But as you get down into the cheaper range, that's definitely not the case. And I don't know if you 
finished like 25th in the event, but he outscores other golfers who finished 15th because he's making a ton of, of like points from a scoring perspective. And so when we get into some of the value plays, like I think a guy like Brendan Steele is somebody who might even be underpriced to his kind of odds and probabilities, but definitely from a drafting scoring perspective is somebody that I think, you know, will outscore a lot of people who end up finishing the same as him, especially with the par fives of the scores being ones that he can get home into and hopefully have some looks at Eagle or Tappins for birdie. All right. And before we get into even more specific plays, is there anything you do, you know, either structurally the way you set up your rosters uh, to just to account for, you know, such a small field, like if you're mass multi-entering or even if just doing like, I know you like to play a lot of three maxes, three max type tournaments. Uh, is there a max number of golfers you'll consider? Cause with like 35 golfers in play, I mean, is everybody in consideration or are there some guys that you think it's worth just cutting out completely? The expected value is not there. Even when you take into account the volatility of, a four, you know, of a no cut event with only 35 golfers. Yeah, I think it definitely depends on kind of the, the first step is the contest selection. And I think contest selection is important most weeks, figuring out which types of contests fit your risk profile best, whether it's a top heavy payout, you know, a flat payout, like a three max, whether or not you want to compete against other people who might have 150 lineups, but you only have 10. So kind of the contest selection, I think is important. I definitely think that's more important on a week like this where it's such a small field that so many of the different lineup combinations of golfers are going to be covered. And that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm always like a three max guy. I like that format anyways, like the hundred dollar long drive, I think is a good setup this week. Um, And then there's, you know, like a $12 single entry that looks pretty good too. If you're playing at a little bit lower stakes with a flat payout structure, but in those you're less likely to do not only because people can't put in multiple iterations around their core, but also because the field size is smaller. So in those tournaments, I don't think you necessarily need to worry as much about dupes, but if you're playing up in the 300K season tee off, which pays out 50K to first place, uh, definitely looks like a fun one to multi mass multi entry and hope for a big payday, but there's going to be a ton of dupes in a contest like that. And so, in that type of format, I definitely think you want to think about the total ownership of your team and making sure it's below a certain level or leaving salary on the table to make sure that if you do happen to win, that you're not splitting the prize with 300 other people with the same lineup. Yeah, I found, you know, sometimes with Million Maker, what I'll do is I'll cap my lineups at 49.7, which you still get some dupes there, but it feels like the vast majority of lineups are between 49.8 and 50K. And then you don't go too cheap in terms of overall salary that you're cutting out just good lineups. Do you have any suggestions on like, like what that ownership cap might be in a big tournament? Um, like with the 50K up top, but you're getting, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of entries. Uh, and, like for you, how much would that ownership cap change if you have a 50k lineup versus like a 49.6 lineup? Like if you had a 49.6 lineup, would you even worry about the capped ownership? Yeah, I mean, I think there's still probably a really chalky 49.6 lineup that you could build if you're building uh, with like Patrick Cantlay and you know people like that. Um, and other people are used tools like this are kind of doing the same thing. So you can still dupe if you put a salary cap. Um, I don't necessarily have the number. I think it it depends on the field size. And so it's like what I like to do is look at the total ownership of the lineup 
And then um, I have like a little formula that I do to compare that to the total field size. And you can kind of get to like a, a proxy for the number of lineups with that combination that the, the um, that might be in that tournament. And so that's kind of what I've thought about. You know, it's definitely something that I plan to cover in the pro tip uh, with our subscribers that we're going to be sending out later this week. All right, let's get into specific builds for cash and GPP, which guys we like. We'll start with the 10K plus guys. Who are your favorites here? I know the Data Golf initial projections have Jordan Spieth uh, way up top that are not as friendly to, say, Justin Thomas, who's actually the most expensive golfer on DraftKings this week and got off to a crazy start last year. Uh, was it this tournament he won that kicked things off? I know he had a couple wins right in the row at the beginning of 2017. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, it, it was this tournament that kicked things off. He's the guy that if you toggle up recent form a lot, he looks maybe a little bit stronger in the customizable projections, but still at that price uh, ends up being a negative value. And part of it is just the top of the field is so strong in general. So it's not that the projections, you know, don't like Justin Thomas. I think we have them in the top five overall, but just shows a slight preference towards some of the other golfers. And then when you consider the salary, it makes it seem like a bad play. Um, to me, it kind of the only thing that would really get me interested in Justin Thomas is come like Wednesday if it rolled around and I thought he was going to go off at like 10 or 12% ownership. Uh, right now, I have him projected closer to 20%, and to me, I think that's a pass. And so I'm looking at um, probably playing a little bit of Speed, Fowler, and DJ, and uh, probably have exposure to each of them in my lineups uh, with, I think, DJ being my preference overall if I had to pick just one, uh, just because I think that the you know projection is is there, and I think that the ownership will come at a discount compared to Speed. Yeah, and you're getting him for $600 cheaper, and I know we're not like huge into the course history, but as you mentioned, the, the tee to green there for him has been absolutely phenomenal the last couple of seasons. This 9 to 10K range is pretty interesting to me. Uh, when I first saw pricing come out, I you know pegged John Rahm as the guy I most wanted to own, and uh, right off the bat, Data Golf has him as the top value, and he's just... I know he faded somewhat down the stretch last season after getting off to a really strong start. Uh, you know, maybe he was fatigued just after you know his first full season on tour, but that just seems like too low of a price tag for a guy who is a really, really high level DK scorer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might have faded down the stretch when you were playing uh, fantasy golf, uh, but. If you tapped out right when NFL started. I guess I tapped out early, yeah. I was going to say, the FedEx rolled around, and he rattled off uh, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh down the home stretch across all the FedEx Cup playoff events, and then uh, actually won the last European Tour event that he was in. So he's definitely got uh, a good form coming in. You know, still, those events we're talking about, like the FedEx Cup run, was months ago at this point. So there's not a ton of data that we have on really any of these golfers, and I think most weeks in I'm more on the long-term form than short-term form anyways, but a lot of weeks uh, when we have kind of a lot good recent data, I like to dig into the recent strokes gain T degree performance from the golfers in our strokes gain data viz. But this week there's nothing really there. Like a lot of these guys haven't played for a while. The ones that did do like or an event recently did it on courses that don't have shot length data. So for me, it's definitely a long-term uh, form play, and even then, you know, Rom is popping as a really good value in this range. 
Yeah, and it, you know it's difficult to find anybody super contrarian at nine k above in such a short field. I mean, you've got everybody here projected for twenty percent or higher. The one guy that you have, you know, technically the lowest projection on the nine k above guys is Brooks Kepka. Any interested interest in him in tournaments or? Uh, are you just going to say, you know, everyone's kind of owned up here. The fact that he's a little bit less on than the other guys, you know, it's not enough to make him a game theory play. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple things. One is the ship projections in general. I'm taking into account a bunch of different factors, including kind of their price. Uh, you know, obviously the player, uh, the industry sentiment from Fanshare Sports Tags is a key input that I have. And then a bunch of the odds and Vegas models and, um, it gets more accurate as the week goes on, right? We have more data about who's having what. And so I definitely would always check back kind of Wednesday night for the final ownership projections. But I think one angle that interests me a little bit, just because everyone seems like they'll be owned up top, but I do think most teams are going to like, it's a four, there are ways to build and get the top golfers in. You can even get multiple top golfers in. And so a lot of people are going to start teams with DJ Fowler, speed, JT, um, it makes sense to start teams that way, but you could kind of go with like a balanced contrarian build if you wanted to, uh, with someone like a Brooks and, you know, maybe by the end of the week, someone like Leishman's ownership might come down a little bit, but because most people start up top, I do think starting in this range, if you want to, is like one way that you could approach things for the more top heavy stuff. But the EV move is probably to start up top, right. And bank the, the high finish probabilities. As we move on, look at some of the value plays in the 7 to 9K range. The two guys that project to carry quite a bit of ownership here are Patrick Cantley and Cameron Smith. Uh, both these guys, if you you know, plug in the, the recent form, are going to look a bit better, particularly Cam Smith. I know Cantley had a phenomenal year last season. He was kind of a struggle for the projection system we had last year just because there wasn't a whole lot of data on him. You know, Someone who was a prospect years ago and then, uh, I believe he had a back issue and some other things going on, and it was a really good story to see him do well. Do you have a preference between these two guys, or do you like them both? Yeah, I, I think to me the like Cantley is one of the most underpriced players on the slate. I think if you look at um, you know where kind of our projections have him, it's with guys that might even be a thousand dollars more expensive as far as the upside that he has. Uh, and so him and like Brendan Steele were guys that for kind of a core for three max or maybe for single entry or cash games, if you are playing those this week, like those were guys that seemed like hit the lock button, you know, start them in your lineups and then figure out where you want to go from there. It's possible that by the end of the week, Cantley's ownership projection will get so high that it's like 40 or 50%, at which point you almost have to consider fading just because it's golf and there's so much variance. But um, in the, uh, I guess like the 8K range, I think, Cantlay is someone that I'm comfortable with at high ownership levels. Cam Smith is a guy that I think I'm really interested to see what he's like on tour this year. I think that he's a guy that in the amateur golf rankings was ranked similarly to Hideki Matsuyama, Hideki Matsuyama and Justin Thomas and turned pro around the same time as well. And um, it's possible that he just bloomed, is going to bloom a year later. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of, what he ends up being like on tour. He had a great fall, though. Uh, at the sub-7K range, because, of course, you, you can take a chance on these cheap guys knowing that, you know, no matter what, you're getting four days of golf, and that's part of why, you know, you said 
people will be mashing in some of these top golfers and you can go balance contrarian. But if you did go uh, the route of trying to get in multiple top golfers, you need some cheap guys below 7K. Uh, who are your favorites in this range? Yeah, and, and to be clear, I definitely think the right way to build from a maximizing fantasy projections is to to kind of build heavier up top and bank some of those guys with really high, you know, top five probabilities. So that does require you to dip into this range. And this is the range we were talking about earlier where you're kind of looking for the DK scoring more so than the finish probability. Is it likely that Hudson Swafford or Grayson Murray or Jonas Blix are going to win the event? No, it's not. But a bunch of those guys are going to end up finishing tied for 20th, you know, in this small field. And it's really going to be the scoring that separates them. So that's why I think having a, a model like the data golf model can help walk you through exactly where you want to make those pivots. I think that someone like Kyle Stanley is a GPP play that, you know, has really strong TD green game gets really cold with his putter sometimes. And so he could easily finish dead last, but you know with his TD Green game that he's going to be getting birdie looks. And so if you get him on a good week, then I think the DraftKings scoring is there. A couple of the other guys that jumped out to me were Adam Hadwin. Wes Bryan, I think, is good for DK scoring. And he typically sprays the ball a lot off the tee, which doesn't get penalized as much at this course. But then you also look at ownership on him, and he looks like early on he's going to be the cheap chalk. So I guess from like a game theory perspective, is this a range that you'd rather take the chalky players, or are you looking to kind of differentiate in this range or up top? Yeah, and I was surprised to see, you know, and like I said, I, I tapped out a little bit at the end of last year once football got started, but I was surprised to see uh, Jonathan Vegas at just $6,400 with a projected ownership around five percent uh someone who at times last year definitely flashed a good ceiling is he interested you in tournaments because i'm looking at the other guys who are really cheaply owned and he's the one that's a really low projected ownership and he's the one that sticks out the most to me just off my experience playing last season yeah i definitely think that one of those guys that has a high you know dk scoring projection and low ownership and so it's a nice situation where you're not sacrificing that much value as far as raw projection if you compare him to some of the guys who are priced similarly. So you're not sacrificing the the value, but you are picking up the low ownership discount for that. And it's also nice that he's 6400 You know, he's not minimum price, but he's close to it. And we're talking about a week where we might want to leave salary on the table. And so going down from, you know, a more popular Kyle Stanley to someone like Jonathan Vegas you're going to leave 400 bucks on the table making that pivot and you're going to get a lot lower ownership on the individual player if he happens to you know pop inside the top 10 or something and you're going to be reducing the likelihood of dupes so i definitely think that seems like a sharp you know way to leverage the the data that we have in the projections to make a tournament decision all right there you have it it should be a really fun first tournament of the season again at daily roto we've partnered with datagolf.ca to power our projection as we noted in the beginning we've got customizable projections for DraftKings and FanDuel we've got an optimizer for DraftKings we've got projected ownerships we've got place probabilities cut probabilities uh, we've got a course history tool a recent trends strokes gained 
tool. So we pretty much have it all. Two things that I didn't mention in the outset that we also have each week. We'll have a pro tip, which is a little written up analysis of uh, the week, the plays that we like the most, why we like them, and just different strategy tips in there, as well as access to our Slack channel premium subscribers get. And Drew, I know that's something for other sports we found really, really valuable this year. Yeah, the Slack channel access is great. Uh, from an entertainment value, you know, we had talked just worth the price alone sometimes, uh, paid some places just for a Slack only, can tilt all your golfers, sweat all your golfers in there. But the other big thing is all of us are going to be in there, and Will and Matt from Data Golf are also in our Slack channel. So if you have specific questions, I think one of the most interesting things um, is, you know, the ability to bounce the questions off of them. You know, we always talk about having a, a really accurate model is important, but understanding that model is just as important. And so the ability to communicate with Will and Matt in the Slack channel, I think, is going to be a really good thing for our subscribers. Um, and I'm definitely excited about it. You know, it's a, the first event of the season, 35-man no-cut event, not the best way to start things off, but it's a nice way to dip our toes in and get warmed up. So it should be a great year. Yeah, absolutely. I will be MME in that $7 tournament on DraftKings for sure, making use of all the tools. Again, head over to dailyroto.com slash premium to sign up for our golf package. Use promo code GOLF18 for 10% off at checkout. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. You can also check us out on Podbean. Just search Daily Roto Fantasy Golf. Thank you for tuning in, everyone, and best of luck this golf season. Driving down the highway, headed to the range. Oh, knock them out strong, but I feel the no pain. Got an old brown bag, big stick in the back where the grass don't grow. Gonna take a few hacks. There's a place for you if you're just like me.